This is Mo and McGee on Fantasy. Welcome in, folks. This is the Mo and McGee on Fantasy Thanksgiving special, Kevin. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Big turkey day. You know, waiver wire is a little bit dead. Hotter now is going to be eh. So, you know what? Coming with you a little, little bit special uh, podcast with some new segments. Yeah, Kevin, I want to start out by uh, going back to last week's primer. So the setup was we had hit four bets, all four of our bets from two weeks ago. So last week we were trying to go 4-0 and again. Technically, on what is down on the outline, we went 3-0-1 with a push. However, I checked the tapes, Kevin. In the episode, I said Chicago plus three at Atlanta, but I said you should buy the half point three and a half. So if you had done that, you would have had another Moen McGee four and oh. That's why you listen to the whole podcast. Absolutely. It's like printing money. It's, it's not even fair. That's two four and O's in a row. If you to, if, if you parlayed those, you, you're going to be rolling in it. Um, so we're going to do some pick them later for the three Thanksgiving games. That's at this point, Kevin. It's it's must must listen. And yeah, at this point, you're you're wasting money not listening. There you go. And once again, parlay our picks. Um, I don't. You know, me and Kevin are probably going to go head to head on a few of these. He might like Buffalo. I might like the Lions. But uh, you can choose to fade one of us. Or you know, Kevin technically had two and zero. Oh, I technically had uh, one and a push. But. Uh, Let's start out, Kevin, with uh, the fantasy MVP of the season. You know, there's still still a few weeks left here, but let's talk about the fantasy MVP, and then let's also give the best value pick of the season. Where are you going yeah. with your MVP? So my MVP, you stole my MVP. So uh, my runner-up is is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, you're able to get probably in the second round. Um, probably able to get him on the way back. He's putting up 22 points per game, um, which is third among wide receivers. Um, but that's, he has had multiple game-winning weeks uh, and look, look solid going forward. Really, the only time he burnt you was uh, week three against Buffalo when you probably expected a, a little bit of a down week anyway. Other than that, always over 13 points. Just extremely solid with that super high ceiling that we saw in week two against Buffalo or against Baltimore. 42 points. Fantasy MVP, Tyreek Hill, plug him in. Yep. Yeah, he there was just a lot of discourse, you know, is can Tua get him the ball the same as Patrick Mahomes? Is you know how Mike McDaniels, how's that offense gonna look? Um, doesn't matter. If you're if you're faster than every other player by by a couple seconds, um, it does not matter who's throwing the ball, what type of offense you're in. He can take any curl, slant, anything for 20, 30 yards or house it. So, yeah, I like that. Um, I definitely I, I wasn't going to pick him, Kevin. Um, and so the people who had the balls too, they've been heavily rewarded. Yeah, the big question. Can Tua support both Tyreek and Jalen Waddle? You knew that Jalen Waddle had the connection. A lot of question marks about Tyreek, but those who had the balls to take him, you're totally right. Really cashing in. Um, my MVP, uh, I think, you know, this is going to be consensus. Uh, Travis Kelsey. The guy just does it 
every single week provides you with just a dominant, uh, you know, positional value. People out there, half the teams in your league are scrapping for tight end week to week, hoping for just fall in touchdown. Uh, And this guy gets you three and four touchdown games. You know, not not multiple weeks of scoring one or two. He seems to get in the end zone once a week. And even if he doesn't, week nine, Kevin, didn't get into the end zone. But 17 targets, 10 catches, 100 yards. He's walking 20 points. Yeah, I think the entire fantasy, fantasy community is wearing a big clown nose for pushing Kelsey back into the second round. And really late second round. There were some leagues where he was going in the third. Um we talked about how Tyreek only burnt you once. Ty, uh, Travis Kelsey hasn't burnt you at all. Week two against the Chargers is his lowest score. Ten points. Ten points from the tight end position. You take that to the bank all day. And yeah, turns around um, a couple other weeks, 33-35. Unreal. Yeah, he's definitely a slate breaker. Um, the question, Kevin, he's definitely a first-rounder next year? Or same thing? Is it going to be a, you know... Groundhog Day, wake up, and Travis Kelsey's a second-rounder <laughs> next year. I think he has to go in the first round. Um, it, it's going to come down to how people feel about those late wide receivers and how deep the running back position is in terms of elite top guys. Uh, I think Kelsey's always secondary in those conversations. Like, How many of those RBs and wide receivers can fit in the first, and then Kelsey follows right after? But really, if you think about positional value, you think about how consistent this guy is um i think he has to be a first rounder again he's not getting past me i know that kevin you know depending on draft position if i'm anywhere 9 10 11 12 i'm i think i'm taking him so um i'm gonna give you my uh fantasy value of the year kevin um that's a person that you didn't necessarily have to spend big time draft capital on Mine's going to be Josh Jacobs, Um, number four running back. First two weeks looked, ooh, you know, kind of those preseason concerns kind of showed up, right? Uh, Only one catch each of the first two weeks, eight, nine points. Um, From week three on, though, he's been pretty incredible. You know, weeks four, five, and seven, all over 30 points. Uh, He seems to be getting... 25 to 30 touches a game um you know definitely didn't expect that from him and you know in our league kevin he went in the fourth round late light late fourth so probably get him later in other drafts yeah um fourth fifth round definitely uh a lot of spots where he was taken and like you said a bunch of 30 point weeks uh three weeks in a row uh, ignoring the buy three weeks in a row over 30 um just unreal value. If you pick Josh Jacobs, you're instantly in an incredible spot in, in your fantasy league because you didn't draft him probably to be um, your, your running back one, but he's performing as a running back one. And there's if you went RB heavy, there's a chance that you didn't even pick him to be RB two. And yeah, it's just incredible what, what he's been able to put out there and really backpack a lot of fantasy teams. Yeah, he, he's kind of that perfect running back too, Kevin, where if you went wide receiver heavy at the start and were lucky enough to, oh, shoot, now I'm in a hole with running back. Let's just pick up, I don't know, Josh Jacobs. 
now you're maybe locked into like a Justin Jefferson, Josh Jacobs, name another receiver, you know, Tyree Kill in the second round, you'll be in the championship. My fantasy value is Tony Pollard. Uh, he's getting picked seventh, eighth, even ninth round in some leagues. Really kind of marketed as the premier handcuff, maybe after Kareem Hunt. But really, he's been so, so much more. Two league-winning weeks, putting up 33 and 37 points. Um, you know, a, a few down weeks, too. But when you pick a guy in the eighth, ninth round, you're not expecting, you know, week to week for him to be dominant. Um, but at minimum, the last four weeks, he's been playable and incredible uh, for yeah. your fantasy team. I mean, Kevin, this these these are the type of guys draft in the eighth and ninth round that you're going to play matchups anyway, usually, wide receiver or running back. His only three bad games that you mentioned, the four, one, and seven, are against Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philly, all regard as really good run-stuffing defenses. Um, you know, hopefully you're playing matchups where you weren't starting him in those weeks, and now you're reaping the benefits of facing some soft run defenses and caught six damn passes against my Vikings. <laughs> and I, I look for this trend to continue. Um, he looks miles ahead of Zeke at this point um, in, in terms of explosiveness. Uh, you saw him get involved in the passing game with six catches last week. Uh, here's here's the remaining slate. The Giants, you know, not, not the best matchup, but then Indy, Houston, Jacksonville. Back against Philly. Tennessee, Washington. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're starting him every week from now on, for sure. Um, so, Tony Pollard contract year. Do the Cowboys resign him and give him a full load, or is he the prize of free agency and some team makes him, him his, like, I don't know. Um, you know, the Bills have spent some capital the last couple times, but a team like that who doesn't have a true stud, Rams, you could throw in there. Um, you know, where do you see his value being the best next year, on the Cowboys or another team? I, I think it's probably probably on another team is best-case scenario, but I don't see him leaving. I don't see the Cowboys giving him up, uh, and I, I – once the Cowboys do decide to move on from Zeke, I think that'll be a couple of years, but uh, he's going to be one of the best dynasty backs um, as well. Cowboys offense should be really solid. Um, and after you hit on a fourth rounder like Tony Pollard, I don't see the Cowboys ever drafting an, an RB in the you know first or second round um, for the next umpteen years. So... I, I like him on the Cowboys. I like him elsewhere. I probably like him elsewhere a little bit better just because I think Zeke has some left in the tank and it'd be le- nice to not have um, that guy stealing goal line carries, but still like him very much as a Cowboy as well. Yeah, you just you would hope for Tony Pollard that he's like, hey, hey, Jerry, you know, you can I'll resign with you. Absolutely. But. You got to do something with Zeke. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not getting pulled after I took you all the way down to the one. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting this offseason to watch that. Kevin, let's do a little fun segment here. We're going to do a backyard football draft. So 
It's going to be me versus you in the backyard, and we get three extra players. Anyone in the current NFL, Kevin, so no historical figures. Three players who are just going to go back and forth. Um, so, you know, you, there's a lot of different ways to think about this. Do you want a QB? Do you, do you want to stock up with receivers? Do you want defensive players? It's going to be you versus me and three NFL players per team. Kevin, I'll let you have the first pick. Oh, boy. Thank you very much. I'm taking Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill, unreal in space. Um, we should add that this is flag football, so I'm not going to have to worry about um, Tyreek Hill trying to tackle Derrick Henry in open field. Um, but unreal in space can get open uh, on any given snap. Um, let, let's start it off 101. I'm taking Tyreek. Kevin, you already know where I'm going. JJ, give me Justin Jefferson, uh, best receiver in the league. Um, make any catch, you know, get over the top, shifty, um, get off the line. I, you know, and he he said many times that he he could be an all-pro cornerback too. So I'll see him lock lock some people up. Mm, okay, okay, if you think so. Um, it's coming back, and we're we're gonna snake it. You ha- you have the next pack. Okay. I, I've been thinking about this pick a lot, Kevin, and I'm going to go a playmaker in the secondary. Give me Minka Fitzpatrick. Interesting. Um, rangy. He can sit back in the defense. You know, you have your Tyreeks and whoever else you're picking. He's going to sit back, analyze everything. He's going to, you know, he's going to pick a few passes off. He's going to break on some routes that, uh, you know, that others might see. So I'm going to go with the, the, I think, one of the best safeties in the NFL. I think the best you know, playmaking safety. Derwin James playing really well, but more of a hybrid linebacker type. I'm going to go with the rangy back end, Minka Fitzpatrick. And I'm going to go uh, snatch up a quarterback here. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. Um, hammering on that open field idea. Uh, nobody wants to ta- tackle uh, try or attempt to get a flag down on Lamar Jackson. Also get the ball out um, to Tyreek. Uh, has been surprisingly accurate the last couple of seasons. I, I think the inaccuracies are maybe a little bit overblown. I like Lamar. All right, Kevin, uh, you're up. Last pick, Ruin Snake. Yeah, last pick. Uh, and I'm going to double down on quarterback here, open oh, up uh, some double pass options. Um, Justin Fields, give me Justin Fields, who's been, again, incredible as a runner. Uh, has been pretty solid as a passer. You know, I think Lamar will probably be our premier quarterback, but um, I think having two quarterbacks is going to open up uh, open up the playbook a little bit. Let, let me get a little creative. Um, yeah, I, I like Tyreek, Lamar, and Justin here. Uh, so, Kevin, I had planned to take a quarterback here, but now since you went double down on quarterbacks, give me JJ's college teammate, Jamar Chase. I'll play quarterback, Kevin, because uh, <laughs> who's going to cover Jamar Chase and J.J.? Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields are going to be absolutely cooked by those guys. Um, and you know what? I'll, I'll play quarterback. I'll just throw up the ball. One of those two guys will get it. Um, you know, the defense on your side is just going to be awful. Um, oh, Lamar can hang with people. So I'm going, I'm I'm going aerial. Fields. I'm going aerial assault, baby. <laughs> So um, there so you Kevin, have it. Yeah. 
there, there you have it. Go ahead and vote for who uh, who you like better as a flag football uh, Thanksgiving Day um, team. We have Logan with Justin Jefferson, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Jamar Chase, or me with Tyreek Hill, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Fields. A lot of speed, Kevin, but uh, the only person on your team that can catch the ball is Tyreek, so I think I'm good. Oh, um, I forgot that Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields have stone hands. Well, <laughs> not. I want to put them with JJ and Jamar Chase. That's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> I think Minka Fitzpatrick probably has better hands than. Oh my Lamar God, Minka dropped the ball, Fitzpatrick. Oh my God. All right, Kevin. Uh, let's kind of go back into the fantasy realm here um, with some draft do-overs. We're getting late in the season. Um, you know, we had mentioned we played like a fishbowl style. Um, thing this year we both missed the playoffs uh kevin's struggling in our uh you know our big tkd league um i'm absolutely getting you know blasted in my uh you know third league so really uh we need we need to probably look back and say what did we do wrong what do we need to do over uh what are we going to fix for next year kevin what do you what do you what what would be a draft do-over yeah my draft do-over is to prioritize wide receivers even more than I did. So this year I kind of switched it up. I, I usually just hammer RBs in the first four rounds. This year I went, I still got two in the first four rounds, but then went with two wide receivers and then a, a few more wide receivers right after that. But with Keenan Allen, you know, being a, a week to week, will he play? Will he not play? Newsflash, he won't play. Um, and then, you know, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, uh, Rashad Bateman. I, I just kind of got burnt all over the place on wide receiver. And even though, even though I hit on both my running backs, my team just hasn't been able to put up enough points. So in PPR formats, sometimes it gets overblown on how, how you have to lean on wide receivers. But this year, especially with the top, uh, the high end of wide receivers being so elite, I needed to get one in the uh first round or you know double down in the second and third rounds i will not be making that same mistake next year yeah i mean you you've seen it's pretty pretty simple kevin if you drafted a wide receiver um you know early you've gotten paid back handsomely Diggs, adams jefferson cut before he went down um you spent an early pick on aj brown or cd lamb you're feeling pretty good Jamar Chase had the injury, but when he's been healthy, he's been pretty dynamic. Um, Then you go down the list, who are guys who are going to be up there next year? DeAndre Hopkins has looked really good. Um, You know, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be highly drafted, probably. Jalen Waddell, uh, we've seen that they can support two receivers. Um, Chris Olave, maybe some of these, uh, you know, sophomore receivers make the jump. Um, yeah, the first two rounds are me littered with really good wide receivers. Um, you shouldn't, you should not exit the first two rounds without one. No, you should not. Um, Logan, what, what's your do over? What would you go back on yourself and, and, and try to do differently? Yeah. So I was the opposite of you, Kevin. I picked, I didn't pick anything but wide receivers really. I picked a running back in the first round and then four picks in a row of either a wide receiver or tight end. Um, and then 
I decided to go home run hunting with a bunch of backup running backs, um, you know, younger backs who I thought might take over. I didn't hit on a single one. Um, and, you know, looking back, fifth round, you know, Josh Jacobs could have helped my <laughs> team. Or, you know, you go down the list, um, hit it, just hitting just one or two. I, I still want to, you still want to home run hit near the end of the drafts, but taking one or two more singles, like what I want to say is just kind of putting something out on the field, you know, is going to be safety. So now when you're getting back into weeks, nine, 10, 11, and some of those home runs don't end up clearing the field at all. Um, you have a couple extra guys to lean back on. Yeah, those uh, high pop flies to the wall are, are really the worst. Um, and I, I want to give you credit. I, I think Rashad Penny was a token single, um, and he was, you know, probably a double, actually, to keep hammering on the baseball reference through most weeks in the season um, until he, you know, gets hurt fairly early on. If he stays healthy, maybe this looks a little bit different for you. But I, I agree. You have to have to fill out that roster with a few safe guys um, to uh, help help carry your team when those home runs uh, fall a little bit short. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Uh, so from round seven on, I went Rashad Penny, Naheem Hines, Michael Carter, J.D. McKissick, Khalil Herbert. Um, you know, Michael Carter, I don't know, you could say for round nine, all right. But then you look... Who else was picked in round nine, Kevin? You know, you had guys like Garrett Wilson, pretty good pick. Marquise Brown was really good before he goes. Oh, sorry, that was a keeper. My bad. But, um, you know, guys behind him like Raheem Mostert, who's been uh, yep. very valuable. Um, Joshua Palmer, who's now, you know, picking up steam. Um, so just trying to maybe hit a couple more singles. Don't try to hit the home runs in round seven, eight, nine all the time. Well, well, well put. Um, let, let's keep it rolling. Final segment here, Thanksgiving pick em. Um Three big Thanksgiving games. We have uh, Bills-Lions, uh, Buffalo favored by nine and a half. Giants-Cowboys, the Cowboys favored by nine and a half. And then uh, your Vikings at home against the Patriots, Thanksgiving night, two and a half. Yeah, uh, let's save the Vikings for last because, you know, I might have a few takes. Let's go Bills, Lions, Kevin, Buffalo, nine and a half. The over-under is set at 54, begging Jeez. you to bet the over. Um, Kevin, where do you like spread over-under? What's kind of your – what are you going to start your day off, uh, you know, as you're starting to eat eat the Thanksgiving lunch, um, you know, turn on the football in the background? What are you hoping happens? Yeah, I, I think I like the Lions here uh, to cover that spread. Um, so the Bills, since uh, since they played the Steelers in Week 5, have only beat the Packers by 10. Otherwise, lost to the Jets, lost to the Vikings, beat the Browns, but only by 8. I think the Lions, sneaky pick, Thanksgiving, 9.5 uh, is a lot of points. Give me the Lions to cover. Yeah, this is a consensus, Kevin. Uh, I'm going to go Lions cover, but I'm also going to throw in the under 54. Um, early game, Bills in Detroit, back to Buffalo, back to Detroit. Uh, you know, they're not they're not kind of on their regular schedule. Um, 
So I'm going to go under. Thursday games are usually a slog anyway, and this one's being played at 11.30 on Thursday. Um, technically 10.30 if you're or, or uh, sorry, 1.30 if you're a Buffalo Bill. Um, so, yeah, I'm with I'm with you on the Lions covering. I'm also going to go under the total. That's a lot of points out there. I, I, I like that pick as well. Um, Cowboys Giants. Uh, I'm going to go with a little bit of a running theme here. Nine and a half. A lot of points. Give me the Giants to cover. Um, tough loss last week against Detroit by 13. But I think this Giants team is actually pretty good. Um, they should be able to at least hang um, with the Cowboys uh, give, give me the give me the Giants somewhat reluctantly at nine and a half. Do you have any thoughts on the over under set at forty five and a half? I like the under, um, not nearly as many points as fifty four, but I think the Giants are really going to slow this game down. Um, I think the Cowboys don't mind slowing the game down a little bit um, if the offense isn't clicking on all cylinders. I thought maybe we saw a little bit of a flash in the pan. A lot of big plays that might not be repeated this week against a little bit more solid uh, giant secondary, a um, little bit better tackling. Um, I, keep, I also keep like throwing the, the little shots, Kevin. Keep throwing the little shots at the Vikings. Just keep doing it. I will. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go opposite, Kevin. I'm going to take Dallas to cover uh, nine and a half. Um, Giants just don't have any playmakers outside of Saquon. Wandale Robinson goes down, so you're staring at, you know, da- Daniel Bellinger. I don't even know if he's healthy yet. And Darius Slayton on the outside. Kenny Galladay, I deserve to be on the field and then drop the first slant that goes right into your chest. Um, I-, I think Dallas covers. I think this is just... I am also with the under on you, but I think Dallas covers in a slog and, you know, they... Daniel Jones just doesn't have enough to to score with Dallas. On that very interesting, take the the under forty five and a half and ten points. That's you're you're, you're really betting on the Giants not scoring much there. But twenty three ten. It's a it's a divisional game. I, I I think you're wrong there, but let the betters bet. All right, um, all right, my Vikings at home. Coming off a historic blowout uh, against the Cowboys. Patriots come to town. Bill Belichick, short week. Minnesota's favored, two and a half. Uh, Typical of a home favorite, usually about that two and a half or three. Um, And then over-unders low at 42 and a half. Yeah, I I really don't like that total at 42 and a half. I, I expect this to be low scoring, but going under 42 and a half is really scary. Um, I also really like the Patriots. I, I think it was a very impressive 10-3 to victory winning on that punt return. Um, but I think I have to go with the Vikings. I think they're better than 2.5 points on, against the Patriots. Give me uh, the Vikings to cover 2.5. Um, I do expect it to be low scoring, so I'm staying away from the total. Yeah, uh, that total is very scary. So Christian Darisaw, left tackle. Um Possibly going to be, was on the track to be at least, you know, in the consideration for the all-pro left tackle this year. He's out. Break, 
Blake Brandle is going to be your left tackle against uh, Matthew Might as well Judon. be Logan Moe. Yeah, against uh, <laughs> Matthew Judon, who leads the NFL in sacks. His counterpart on the other side, Dietrich Wise, um, I think is ninth or 10th in pressures this year. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots, plus two and a half. I hate wow. to do it, Kevin. Um, Cowboy, or you know, I love that the Vikings have a short week. Flush that game completely out against the Cowboys. Start your prep for the Pats, you know, yesterday. Um, however, I, I think the same things that happened in the Cowboys game could very much happen in the, against the Patriots. Um, if you looked what happened to the Cowboys on offense against the Vikings, they kind of just controlled the game with their with their runs, uh, hit a few big plays with Tony Pollard. But look at look at CeeDee Lamb's stat line. Look at Michael Gallup's stat line. They did not have to pass the ball against the Vikings to win. They were chunking it through the run game and then hitting Pollard with some swing passes that broke. Um, the Patriots are not going to hit you on any big passing plays. However, they're going to pound you into submission with Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, and have a good defensive line. Um, so I think I'd, it's not going to be forty to three. I think the, <laughs> the Patriots are the Patriots are not going to you know they don't want to score forty most likely. Um, but I think a lot of the same things that happen against the Cowboys, the Patriots can replicate. So I'm going to take the Patriots reluctantly plus two and a half, um, and I'm going to hit the under. Uh, Forty-two and a half is scary. Um, but we've seen the Patriots give up, I think, three points in consecutive games now. Um, Vikings can be lucky to score a couple touchdowns. Greg Joseph can't hit a over 50-yard field goal. It's tough to score points when you're, you know, it's hard to move the ball against the Patriots. And then even if you do get into the scoring zone, you can't hit a 50-yarder. Um, so I'm going to go Patriots under. It's going to be a really boring Sad game to end my Thanksgiving. <laughs> so uh, not going to be 40 to three. So do you feel pretty confident if somebody went out and grabbed alternate spread Patriots plus 37? Or I'm sorry, uh, Vikings plus 37, that that's pretty safe. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, I'm not sure you yeah, want the odds on that, but. I think that's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, the Patriots are, are, Vikings have decided that they are going to build around, you know, playmakers on both sides. Um, they don't have really the meat. Uh, you know, they do have Zedarius and Daniel Hunter, really good defensive ends, but the tackles are kind of lackluster. And you throw in Garrett Bradbury and Ed Ingram, who's actually the worst guard in football, um, the Vikings right guard, rookie, worst guard in football. And then Blake Brandle, who I'm guessing if he played a whole season would be great as the worst left tackle in football. Not a good setup. Not great. And those those are great points. And you talked about uh, Cowboys scoring on some swing passes. You're definitely going to see some swing passes from uh, Ramondre Stevenson. So it's a good point. A lot of the same problems. Um, but I still like the Patriots. So betters bet as they will. All right. There you go. Uh, that's the Thanksgiving special. Enjoy your turkeys. Enjoy your stuffing. Personally, my favorite, Kevin, some good old-fashioned mashed potatoes. Slather it on the turkey. Oh, yeah. Love the taters and gravy.
There you go. All right. Uh, we will see you next week to recap the Thanksgiving games and the Sunday slate. See ya. See ya.